Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always. With me, as usual, Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. Jeremy, what's up, dude? What's up? I'm going to just get this real quick. Listen to this pod. You're already listening. Appreciate that. (laughs) Share it, like it, rate it, review it. Send us any emails. Any feedback you want, we're on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Live to Walk Again. We are on Twitter at Live to Walk One, the, just the number one, Live to Walk One. And uh, you can email us at Live to Walk Again at gmail.com. Um, with that being said, I my mind was just blown. Brandon, everyone, Brandon has not seen the movie. Of mice, he actually told me he has never heard of the movie or book of mice and men. Brandon, I need. Where did you go to school? I know where I, you went to school. I went to the same I, school as you. I do not understand how you've never heard or seen or read the book. All, all or I know is of of the the like band of mice and men. I don't even think that's a band. Yeah, it is, dude. Well, that's they have like popular songs right now. Oh my god, Brandon. This is it this was is you, terrible. Was it like a? It was a book. You should you should go and do the book and give us a book report before <laughs> the next podcast. You're tripping, man. I think like the only books I remember reading in high school were like To Kill a Mockingbird and Odyssey. Oh, good God, the North North Thurston Public Schools have failed. They did, man. They would just they would just let me slip to the through the cracks and just by the wayside man okay well nobody cared man that's ridiculous that's why i tell my kids man like you got to make your own you got to make your own way out here because if you don't make yourself known no one's gonna care that's true that's very true well uh brandon i I know we were gonna uh so everyone just a little more backstory so yesterday we were we're recording this actually on saturday so the day it's being released that's the best way to do it we, probably, but we were uh, going to record Thursday, and then something came up. Brandon's a real estate agent. He had to go show some homes. And then we were going to do it yesterday, and uh, he was supposed to come over in the morning around noon. And, or I guess that's not morning, but anyway, he was supposed to come by around noon. Uh, we were going to do the podcast. He was going to help me get up at my standing frame, uh, which I was able to do anyway. Um, but he had to cancel. <clears throat> It's neither here nor there. He said, we'll do it tonight at 7.30. I said, okay, great. Uh, Then he texts me about 4 o'clock and says, oh, it's my anniversary today. I have to take my wife out to dinner. And I was like, there is no doubt in my mind that you forgot it was your anniversary yesterday. It's not that that I forgot. I forgot to tell you. I forgot that I had plans. (laughs) Okay. That was the thing. Gotcha. And so I was just making plans with you all day, but I really already had plans, and I just I forgot. I already had to, like I was in and out of things all day anyway. In fact, that's a funny story. I was out showing a home, and the guy I was just meeting them for the first time, and he said, "Oh, are, you know, are you married? Do you have any kids?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, funny story. It's like my wedding anniversary is today. I was like eleven years." And he goes, he's like, he looks at me like why are you working dude and he's like uh if you want to make it to year 12 man like you need to go home (laughs) (laughs) so props to steve man that's i liked him he was a nice guy i thought you were gonna tell me that he was like hey are you the guy from the live to walk again podcast yeah and then he was like oh i 
I knew this podcast uh, that I follow all the time and kind of sound like the guy on the on there. Is this is this you? And he was talking about uh, it's the Sit the Fuck Down podcast. Yeah, those guys are good, man. <laughs> Not me. I like I like them. They're uh, they're doing it. Uh, anyway, um, but 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 so man, tell me about the standing table. Uh, this went, is the first time in a long time. It went well, man. Yeah, I got up. Uh, you know, it was. It, it went was, well. It was brief. Uh, it went. It went pretty well. It went. It went. It was. I mean, it was. You know, it's. It's not an easy task. Like it's. Uh, well, fill us I in. I can't pull myself up, so it's like this sling has to go <clears throat> underneath me, underneath my butt, uh, and then it, you know, kind of pumps. Like there's a pump. Uh, the pump was getting caught up. Uh, it hasn't been used in a while. I mean, no, it wasn't even that. It was just like the way that my wheelchair fits up against it. Okay. But you know, it. Uh, I did. Yeah, I mean, I, I got up, man. It was, so you it was were good. up. I was up. I was fully, uh, fully vertical. Did Did somebody whatever. bust out the measuring tape? Uh, yeah. Matt was like, "Damn, you are tall." But are you six three? I'm just kidding. He was well. I was like, I wasn't. I wasn't completely straight, so it was like hard to tell. But because I was almost, I felt like I was almost the size. And anyway, I, I got osteoporosis, bro. I might be shrinking. That's true. I don't know how. I'm, so I was. When, I, I measured in at six four at one point. So though. when you got up, though, you did you feel lightheaded? Did you what 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 kind of feelings do you have that make you like I got to get down? Uh, yeah, I started feeling a little lightheaded um, after about five or six minutes. Oh, you got which, up there that long? Yeah, probably. So I probably was up there for just under ten minutes. I would say. Well, it's like it sucks. I got up once, like halfway up, and then we they realized that the sling wasn't under me far enough, so it was like up on my back a little bit too much, and gotcha. was like doing something weird. So I came back down, and then they got me up again. Crazy. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it went well. It went well. It definitely would have uh, helped if you would have been there to have a third a person. A third person would be helpful? A, yeah, I think a third person All would right, be We'll make sure that, that happens next time. Yeah, and then, I, you know, it was good, man. I And I need to, yeah, there's a couple, like, little minor adjustments that need to be made to the uh, to the standing frame. But other than that, man, it, it went really well. I'm glad. So how was that standing up? You like, know, from it, an experience-wise, like, good. looking at things in a different perspective, even. It was good, man. It was good to look out the window. I could... I was just, standing in the office there, yeah. looking out the window. It was, it was nice, man. It was. Right. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I, we got to do that yeah, more. We're, we're doing that. I'm gonna try to start doing that at least two or three times a week now. So, um, whenever whenever available, um, you know, shout out to the opening day of fishing season, Brandon, out here uh, in the windows out the. It's fishing the, uh, season. Yeah, today, and there's only one boat out there today. Remember when it used to be like packed when we were kids? That's yeah, crazy. fishing fishing season used to be a big deal. I guess I guess it's not popping. Maybe anymore. it's maybe because it's raining. Well, Brandon, um, this week I haven't even told you about this interview yet Mm-mm. that I did. Uh, we got to speak with, uh, or I got to speak with a woman named Chelsea Furick. She is, um, I actually reached out to her because she had the nerve transplant surgery that we've talked about, uh, nerve transfer surgery, I'm sorry. And uh, so I saw that she had done that a couple weeks ago and I reached out to her to see if she'd want to come on the show. She said, absolutely. And then I found out she's um, also the director of peer mentoring and counseling at the United Spinal Association Central Coast of California branch. Hmm. 
which is very cool. She's doing a lot of uh, a lot of amazing things, uh, a lot of amazing work with that with that foundation, uh, which was fun to uh, to talk about. She and then found out she also uh, had gone to Minnesota a few months ago to have a stem cell treatment done where they t- actually take your own, use your own stem cells out of oh. your hip. You know, take your, I think like they mix your blood plasma. She explains it in the pot, in the interview. Um, but yeah, then, it's like, okay. t- takes them out of your own, like takes some your bone, platelets? bone marrow and oh. blood platelets and like mixes it together. And this. And then you, uh, then you get it, uh, get a, get a dose straight to the area that you were injured. Hmm. and um she yeah so yeah she explains that um a little bit too which is it was very cool so um yeah i'm i enjoyed the interview i think you all will too Uh, let's get to that right now and i have some questions for you on the other side brandon this week on the live to walk again podcast we are lucky enough to be joined by Chelsea Furick. Uh, she's the director of peer mentoring and counseling at United Spinal Association's Central Coast of California branch. Uh, Chelsea's a C4 quadriplegic and recently had uh, the nerve transfer surgery that we've talked about a few times here on the show. Chelsea, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. No, I'm, I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Yeah. So uh, for anybody that doesn't um, already know your story, can you um, tell us a little bit about how you were injured and how long ago and things like that? Yeah. So I was injured um, back in June of 2019, um, where I was in a car accident um, with my friend. Um, we were in Los Olivos, California, um, which is near my hometown, Santa Maria. And uh, we were driving down this um, windy kind of like back road um, up to her house. Um, And she overcorrected the wheel um, around this like turn, which kind of caused uh, the accident and caused us to kind of uh, like we, I'm pretty sure the car flipped. Um, at least once. I'm not, you know, exactly sure, but um, we ended up, you know, going down into this like ditch and we ended up hitting a tree and like a pig pen fence, like those steel like fences. Um, And um, I actually woke up upside down in the vehicle, which was pretty intense. Um, But yeah, that's how I was injured. uh, And I didn't really know it at first, you know, when I woke up, um, when I was in the car, I, I knew something was wrong, of course, but I just, you know, I didn't really know exactly what was wrong until, um, I got to the hospital and yeah, they ended up giving me, um, not a diagnosis necessarily, but, you know, kind of told me that I had a pretty high level spinal cord injury. Um, and, uh, I didn't really learn too much about my spinal cord injury until I got to the rehab hospital. So when I was first injured, I was flown um, to Santa Barbara Cottage Rehab, um, where I was in the ICU for about a month and a half. And then I went to um, Santa Clara Valley Medical Center, which is in San Jose, California. Um, And that's kind of where I found more about my injury and, you know, what I could do, what I couldn't do and, and stuff like that. So um, yeah, 
Yeah. How long did you um, spend in, in rehab once you got there? Yeah. So when I first got to Santa Clara, um, I was in the respiratory rehab because my lungs were, were pretty bad. I had a trach, uh, of course. Um, and I had the trach in for almost, um, well, actually over three months. Um, and so I was in the respiratory rehab unit for, for about a week and a half, almost two weeks. And then I transferred to the rehabilitation unit um, right after that. And I was there um, from mid-July, like July like 20th to September um, 18th. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, I mean, at least you, yeah, I, I've, you know, I, I, when we were talking uh, before the interview, I know I told you that I had gotten injured in 1998. And, you know, back then they, they, that was like common to have a few months of rehab after your, your accident. But like, just after doing this podcast for a while and talking to some other, other folks around the country, they were, you know, I guess now it's, pretty common to only have like a few weeks of of uh, rehab and then they they try to get you out right away which is seems crazy yeah, with yeah it's injury. ridiculous I know I do really feel for this injury that you know we need we need a lot of time and to build up our strength and independence and figure out how you know our new like our new bodies work and um you know how to best treat ourselves and stuff like that and it's crazy that they just try to get um, people just in and out of the hospital so quickly. Right, right. Yeah, it is. It's it's pretty. It's yeah. It's too bad that that they don't, you know, try to try to make it yeah more so that we can really learn how like what's going on with our bodies and and, and uh, what we need to do moving forward. Um, but yeah, I you know I was wondering. So were you still in college then when you got injured, or were you already so done? Yeah, so I just graduated from CSU Channel Islands, which is in Camarillo, California, um, in May of 2019. So I got in the accident literally like um, almost exactly a month after I graduated with my bachelor's in psychology. Um, yeah, so I was like, you know, I was excited. I just graduated and um, actually I just got a job at Allen Hancock College, which is our community college here in town. Um, and uh, I didn't even get to start the job yet. I just, you know, I went in for the interview and everything like that and did all the paperwork. And um, yeah, you know, I was excited to, to start that path and see where, you know, that would go. But then I got in my accident and that, you know, changed, changed everything, which was, yeah. Right. Right. Wow. You know, so when, when I started kind of doing research for the interview after, you know, cause I had just messaged you cause I wanted to find out about the nerve transfer surgery. And then, you know, I find out you're, there's a lot of very cool things like that you're doing with the, the peer mentoring and counseling for the United Spinal Association chapter there into the central coast what now what what exactly does the united spinal association like what what is their purpose like what do they what do you guys try to do there yeah so um we found out so my friend keith smith is like the founder um, of our chapter here on the central coast so he's been injured 
I want to say at least over 10 years. And so he has a lot of like knowledge and experience um, with his injury and his injury is actually pretty similar to mine, but um, he's been, he contacted me um, when like the first year I was injured, um, the, the guy who came to um, drop off my wheelchair actually told me about him and he was like, Hey, um, you know, he, he was just kind of telling me about him and gave me his number and stuff. And so that's how we got into contact. And then Keith was like, Hey, you know, there's not a lot here going on on the central coast for people with spinal cord injuries. There's not a lot of resources out here because we are a pretty small town. Um, there's like several small towns, like kind of all together in this area. Um, and we just don't have too many resources out here. So he was like, you know what? I really want to provide, um, you know, uh, resources for people here on the central coast that, you know, they can come to us for, you know, help and knowledge and stuff like that. Um, and so we started United Spinals, um, the chapter over here, um, a little over a year ago and the pandemic kind of like put a hold on a lot of it just because at first, you know, how everything was like serious and shut down and everything like that. And we just had started. So, um, we weren't doing too much then, but um, basically, we're just trying to provide, you know, um, a safe space for, for people out here with spinal cord injuries and paralysis and somewhere where um, we can, you know, just get together and, and just share our knowledge and experience. Um, right now, like one of our biggest um, goals is we want to open up a, a rehab center where um, people, you know, live with United with um, paralysis can go to be able to exercise and and work out and get and get what they need. Um, but I mean, it's it's pretty difficult to do. We're just trying to um, get like grants and stuff to help us fund that rehab. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like one of our biggest goals right now is to do that and That's really get, cool. get that in motion but you know doing that it's it's a pretty big uh plan so it'll it'll take a little time yeah yeah that, that's very very admirable work uh, that you guys are doing that's that's so cool um i yeah we need i, I live up here in uh, western washington and uh, we definitely need something similar to that um so maybe i'll talk to you off when we're done here about about how you guys got that going, but um, that that's so yeah. cool that yeah, that's so cool that that you guys are doing that. You know how I guess how long after your accident did you decide to start um, looking into peer mentoring and tutoring other? Was it just kind of after you got involved with the United Spinal Association, or had you already been kind of looking into that? Um, a little bit of both, but more so after I got involved with United Spinal, um, cause we were, we were trying to, so Keith was the founder of course. And, um, basically I was trying to find like my position in all of it. Like what, you know, what am I here to do or, or what, like kind of what is my calling or like, you know, something like that. And with my background in psychology, um, I, I know that I want to pursue some type of um, career with counseling. Um, and I do want to continue my education. But so that's kind of what led me to that um, is that I just, I enjoy it. I love helping other people. 
Um, and I love just talking with other people with uh, paralysis and with spinal cord injuries and, um, you know, just to see where they're at in life and, and just to be able to connect with them and, and know that like, they're not alone in it because I know, you know, when I was in the hospital that, um, it's, it's crazy. You, this, this injury causes you to feel so, so alone. Um, yeah. So it's, I, I, I kind of know where a lot of people are coming from and, and, um, and just like that one friend, you know, what is just so helpful and, and gives you hope. Right. No, I, I completely agree. Um, did you have somebody come into the hospital to talk to you when you were, when you were going through all this, um, you know, with, with being in newly injured and everything? Yeah. So I had somebody come in, um, to Santa Barbara cottage when I was still in the ICU. Um, he lives in Santa Barbara and he came in and he kind of just shared, um, some information. I just had like, because I was in the ICU, I was still like overwhelmed with, you know, everything that was going on. Um, and I just kind of asked him like basic questions just about like my trach and certain stuff like that. Um, but it wasn't until I got to Santa Clara Valley Medical Center where um, this gal, um, Tammy, she came into um, my room and she visited me. And um, I just felt like I don't know. I felt like some, a little bit of hope, I guess I would say just because, um, I don't know. I was, it was just, I was just in a bad place. And so when she came in and she shared her story and, and what she's doing now, and she was able to like do her makeup really well. And so that kind of got me excited, like, wow, like, you know, we don't have the use of our hands, but yet she's still able to, um, do her makeup really well. And like, brush her hair and stuff like that and you know with a smile on her face and so that kind of gave me a lot of hope right then and there that you know there's still a lot that I can do you know that I might not be able to see at that time but that that's so cool I'm, I'm happy that you had that you know I, I just and from like somebody with a spinal cord injury that's similar you know similar level to yours like just like what you're doing at this point in your you know in your journey through this injury is amazing because I was like in a pretty dark place still at you know like only a couple years removed from my injury way back so um yeah you're doing you're doing an awesome job and that's so cool that you're you're out there really you know giving back to the to the community like that um because yeah that's uh, that's so important I mean I still like I had somebody that came in and, and talked to me a little bit too when I was in the hospital and I think that's such a such an important thing to have um you know what, what after you are injured to be able to, to have somebody to kind of bounce ideas off of or questions or what, whatever the case may be so that's, yeah. that's very cool. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it just makes you feel um, a little less alone and like, you know, that you're not in this injury alone because it is so scary and, and it's so different. Um, and it's, I mean, I think this injury by far is, is almost one of the, it's one of the worst injuries somebody could get, you know, it's just... Right. And so much changes, you know, for that individual, like what your life looked like before your injury and like, you know, what it looks like after it's just completely different. Um, and so it's just nice to have other individuals in the community, you know, be able to come together and, 
and just share each other's experiences and like, oh, how do you do that? You know, or, or, you know, what does that look like for you? And so you can like just bounce ideas off of each other and, and kind of go from there. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so my, uh, my next question for you, because I'm really interested in this nerve transfer surgery. I want to, I want to really dig into that a little bit. So you're how, how long ago did you have it? Like a, a little over a week ago or a couple weeks yeah, ago? Yeah. So I got home on Saturday, last Saturday. So what, what date is that? I, I got my surgery on Friday, last Friday. Okay. So like the 11th, 10th or the 11th? Yeah, I think it was the 10th. I got my surgery on the 10th and I just stayed overnight and then I got to leave um, Saturday to come back home. So when did you, when did you first hear about um, that nerve transfer surgery and, and kind of, you know, what got you motivated to really reach out and, and go for it? Yeah. So I, um, when I was at Santa Clara Valley Medical Center, I um, got involved with um, this foundation up there called NorCal SCI, and they're amazing. They just have, um, they they provide so many resources and so much information. It's great. So, um, you know, I, I got, um, I'm a part of their um, email and like newsletter. So I get um, updated every week on just what's going on. Like they'll post, um, you know, just the newest things with spinal cord injury that's going on and, and different things like that. And one, I forget how long ago it was, but I want to say it was at least at the beginning of this year, if not the end of last year, um, they had posted something about uh, nerve transfer surgeries and that um, this surgeon at Stanford uh, Medical Center was, um, doing these nerve nerve transfer surgeries uh, for higher level quads. And that kind of got me excited because, you know, I'm a C4 quad. And so I started looking into it more and um, it was saying like, you know, nerve transfer surgeries could provide um, or could allow, could give you more function. Um, And at that time I was like, I I just want to do anything and everything I can to gain back more function. And so I was just really motivated from there on and out just to um, allow myself to kind of, you know, do anything that would help me out in the future. Um, And I was really nervous because with nerve transfer surgeries in general, you have to like lose something to gain something, if that makes sense. Like um, how the surgeon kind of broke it down to me was like Robin Hood. He's like, you kind of have to like, rob something to to give it to somewhere else basically um and so you know that kind of did scare me a little bit because I was like well I'm such a high level quad like what do I have to lose you know um and so it did kind of scare me but at the same time I was like you know what I I want to do this for myself I want to see you know where it goes so yeah no I, I completely understand um what, uh, I guess, what is, where do they have to take, I mean, do they take the nerves from the same place on everybody or is it like different levels, different, different So right now, yeah, so right now I'm pretty sure he's only doing the nerve transfers on quadriplegics because his, his mainly, his main focus is on, um, 
like the hands and the like basically the arm but um the the hand and the tricep muscle so he um on me he performed three different nerve transfer surgeries and that's the most I think he's doing on the arm is three different nerve transfers and um so the first one he did was for my um for my like pointer finger and my thumb to be able to like pinch together okay. to like be able to pick up something and I don't have my paperwork with me I don't know like the medical terms of like the nerve the nerves he took right. um but um that's the first nerve transfer he did the second one he performed was um to be able to open my hand and close it not like fully restore my fingers, you know, completely normal or anything like that, but just to be able to open it up a little bit and close it. Um, so you can like grab something if you need yeah, to, yeah. things like that. Yeah. And then the third nerve transfer surgery was uh, for my tricep muscle. Um, I have like a little bit of a flicker on my right side before my nerve transfer surgery. So we'll see, you know, if, if, the nerve transfer does anything for me, but, but before you get the surgery, you have to get, um, that nerve test done. I forget what the name of the test is, but they test, um, your nerves in your arm just to make sure that, uh, the nerves that they would take from are strong enough to, um, be able to, you know, be able to be moved and, um, be able to work in the long run if you don't have strong enough nerves in your arm he won't uh do the nerve transfer surgeries or he may only do you know one or two but it really depends on the nerves that are in your arm and if they're uh, if they're strong enough to be able to be moved because if they're not then it really won't um, do anything for you in the long run okay and what's the doctor's name there and you said it was at stanford yeah, it's Stanford, um, Stanford Medical Center, Stanford, yeah, Stanford Medical Center. Um, I can give you, I can send you all the information for yes, sure. Afterwards. I'll include it in the, when I post the podcast so we can, so people can check it out um, on their website or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, his name is Dr. Thomas Wilson. Dr. Thomas Wilson. Okay, very cool. So my question is I, I don't know if you asked him this or not but so if tomorrow we could wave a magic wand and your spinal cord is healed and you can walk what kind of effects are you gonna have like do you, do you know what I mean I guess you said you didn't really know what nerves he took um to, to I, or do you so he did take um he took three different nerves in my arm, but I'll have to get you that information afterwards of like the okay. exact like names because right. they're super long. It's like bronchial. I, I don't even know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll get that to you afterwards for sure. But yeah, if, I mean, if my, if, you know, if I magically could, you know, walk again or my spinal cord was fixed, um, are you asking like how that would affect like the nerve transfers or? Yeah, well, I'm saying like, yeah, like what, so what he took, is that gonna affect you negatively if you like, if you could walk again tomorrow and, and you, your spinal cord was fixed? Yeah, um, not necessarily. 
Um, so the nerve transfers he did, he took specific nerves because he said that I wouldn't really miss out on the function that they did before. Like one of the nerves, the, the function was, um, I forget what it's, I think it's called supination when you flip over your hand. Uh-huh. Is that correct? I'm yeah, pretty sure that's what I it's called. Is, yeah. um, and he said one of the nerves he's going to take from does that does that exact um, thing is, is helps with flipping over my, my um, arm. But um, as of right now, I really honestly do not notice any difference. Um, and so the nerves he took from, he, he did say that they do like minimal jobs. Like he, I won't really notice that they're gone. And so that's kind of what really motivated me to continue with the nerve transfers because that's what I was really worried about. Um, I was like, well, I don't want to do something that's going to make my arm even weaker than it is, you know, in the long run. I was really like fearful for that. But um, he, I don't know, he was really just honest and down to earth. And he let me know, you know, exactly what he was doing and um, what was going to happen. And, and for each nerve transfer, it's a 60 to 70% chance of it working. So by getting the nerve transfers, it's not like, oh, 100%, you know, you're going to gain all this function. Of course, it can't be that good, right? But um, yeah. but uh, for each nerve transfer, yeah, it's a 60 to 70% chance of it working. And as of right now, he does not know why some quads get, you know, function back and why some don't. And so like, I'm basically a part of the study um, like he asked me if I wanted to be a part of the study and basically um, like my data goes into that study and um, he's just trying to figure out him and his team are trying to figure out like why does the nerve transfer work better on other individuals and so I wanted to help out other people in the future too that want to get nerve transfers done you know and, and help people with spinal cord injuries in the future to be able to you know figure out uh, you know, why it works on some of the other individuals and why not. I see. Yeah, no, that's very cool that you, you were involved in that. So because you're part of the study then, um, it was, it was the insurance or did, did you have to pay for it with insurance? I mean, does insurance even cover this or is it yeah. too kind of new to, for them? To- no. So, um, I asked him about that too, because I was really nervous about that. Um, and he said, because it's, it's considered like a st- standard medical procedure that insurance does cover it okay yeah so I thought that was really cool I was like oh okay I didn't know a nerve transfer was considered you know a a standard thing like I thought that was like super like you know interesting and and kind of unique and rare but um yeah that's what he he told me and so I was like okay that's awesome that's very cool um did he say you know, I mean, obviously you're a week removed right now. I'm, I'm guessing you're not noticing like a huge amount of, of new function yet, but how did he say how long you could, how long until you would start seeing new function? And then, you know, up until what point, like how, how long down the road will you regain function for, I guess, if you know. Yeah. So Four months is the earliest that I will see any differences or any function. And two years is the maximum amount of time 
that I will um, see any any differences or function. Um, and also with the healing process, um, he he did tell me it, it takes about um, three weeks to a month for um, the like this you know the incisions in general to heal fully and um, the nerves. So he basically took one nerve and sewed it to like another nerve. And so um, that that right there, that process, he said takes about three weeks to a month to, to heal. And so just to do like minimal movement of my arm and um, not really any like vigorous exercising and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, and I guess where does he go in at the, is it um, just like on your arm itself or is it like on your, like on your side or something? No. So I have one incision um, on my uh, forearm on the top. Uh-huh. And then I have one incision um, near my bicep. And then I have another incision near my tricep. Okay. Yeah. Was this, so was he, did you get put under, like under anesthesia for this procedure or was that something they could do with like local anesthetic? No. Yeah. I, I was put under. Okay. And so they, and, but it was only a one day recovery time before they let you out of the hospital. Yeah. So, um, Friday I went in at five, like 15 in the morning, which is kind of cool that I got to go in early so I could you know, um, just get it over with, but it was an eight hour surgery. So because I got the three transfers, it was eight hours. And I think with, um, with the two nerve transfers for the hand, it's about, it's about four hours, four, four to six hours for that. So it it depends on if you get, you know, one of them or two of them or, or all three, um, so yeah, I was, I think uh, he started my surgery around like 7, 15, 7, 30 AM. And I woke up around like three, two thirty-three. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so did they did both sides or did they just do your right? Cause I keep, so you keep kind of holding up your right, your right arm to. Yeah. Just, just my right arm. Okay. Wow. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, no, that's, I'm, I'm super fascinated with this whole thing. So I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, I was able to, to pick your brain a little bit about it. Yeah. And and hopefully we can catch up down the road a ways too, like in the, after the four months are up to kind of see how you, you know, how, how much function you regained and everything, which would be very cool to, to, to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah. But yeah, you know, uh, just to follow like a few kind of final questions here, Chelsea, I wanted to know, you know, if I know you had mentioned before, I kind of ask everybody now during the pandemic, like how COVID kind of affected you personally. And, and I know you said that with the, your work with the United Spinal Association kind of slowed you guys, you guys' growth down a little bit or what you were trying to, to accomplish, but um, you know, on like a personal level, like how, how has COVID been for you in the last year and, and how you're doing and have you been vaccinated? Are you getting vaccinated? So, um, yeah, so when I, I got home September, 2019 and then the pandemic hit March, 2020. So I was home, you know, for what, a couple, like four months or, or some of, um, after, you know, after being in rehab and in the hospital for so long. Um, so I 
like everything was just overwhelming for me at first when I got home, you know, because you're adjusting and you're trying to figure out like where to put things and what routine to get in. And then, you know, I was looking for like caregivers and all this stuff. So I was like super busy, um, which allowed me to be kind of distracted from my injury. And on top of that, I was going to outpatient rehab twice a week at Santa Barbara cottage. So I'd like, I had something to look forward to in a way. Um, I was really busy. I was trying to figure out, you know, my life and, and, and all that stuff. And so when the pandemic hit at first, I was like, you know, I was really fearful, of course, like, I think like everyone was, because it was just like, okay, what is this? Like, what's going on, you know? Um, And then after like a month or so went by, in a way, it was like, it wasn't like, you know, a lot of people weren't going back to work and stuff. And so a lot of like my family members were staying, you know, at home or were working from home. And in a way, I kind of enjoyed that because it was cool to be, to be able to still be around, you know, my family and stuff and not to be alone per se. Um, So um, that's the only thing I really like enjoyed about the whole like pandemic. That sounds bad, but um, is it, it it was nice to have my family around still and, and to be able to like be in their company and hang out with them and stuff. But um, I guess like overall, um, this past year, I've been reflecting a lot on my mental health and my injury and stuff like that. And it's been a roller coaster, you know, and, um, I, I was, uh, on an antidepressant when, when I first got injured, um, they put me on one when I was in rehab and stuff. And, um, I was on one for, for a while after I got back home, um, and then I, I decided, you know, I don't, I don't want to be on it anymore. So I got off of it and, um, I'm still off of it. And so it, I don't really notice a difference from that per se, but, um, yeah, I don't really know. It's, it's kind of hard to say really, but, um, overall, I think I've been okay for the most part. That's good. Um, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to be in high spirits and, um, get out as much as I can, but obviously, you know, still staying safe and whatnot. But right. uh, uh, one thing I really love to do is get outside and sit in the sun. It's just Me something about that. Like it just feeds my soul and I just love the warmth. Absolutely. But um, going back to the vaccine, um, no, I have not got the vaccine yet. And I don't think I will get it. Um, yeah, I, I just don't feel, in my opinion, with the, you know, the information that's out there and, and um, me doing my own research and my brother doing his own research and stuff. I just don't feel safe getting it quite yet, just because um, in my opinion, I just don't think there has been enough um, uh, clinical trials and, and stuff. Right. On it. I don't know that it's just, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I, yeah, I mean, it's everybody's decision. Yeah, everybody has to make their own decision for sure. And you know, yeah, it, it is. Uh, yeah, it's up to up to the. Yeah, individual. it's like it's like at first, at first, I was like, yes, like I'm getting it right away. Like I want to get right away, you know. And I was super because I'm super feel fearful, like being a quadriplegic, our diaphragms paralyzed. Right. I can't even sneeze or cough, you know, correctly. And so that 
you know, in having a respiratory, you know, illness going around, like that's insane for us quadriplegics, you know, or even, you know, paralyzed individuals and, and other, you know, people that have medical issues in general, it's, it's scary, you know, and then, you know, so I was like, yes, for sure, 100%. And then after I started doing my own research, and, and my brother listening to him, and you know what he has to say, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna wait a little bit, I'm gonna back off. Um, and just, yeah. I don't know. No, it's un- understandable for sure. Um, you know, I always ask anybody in, in our situation, um, and I know you haven't been injured for that long, but, um, you know, it, it may be like f- with you being fresh to, to having an injury, you would have more um, insight into this. But, you know, have you found anything like since you've been injured that, I don't know, like uh, either like supplements or, health tips that you could give to, to other people in, in our situation that maybe outside the box a little bit? Hmm. Um, and if you don't, it's not a big deal. I just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I take zinc every day, but um, I think, I, I think nutrients like from food has, has a big thing to do with, with, with everything in our bodies. Like this past year, I've learned a lot about, um, you know, what food can do for our bodies and that it can heal a lot of, um, of things for our bodies and just getting that, that, you know, that real good nutrients from food yeah. um, day is just, is so good. Um, and we also have a local uh, kombucha bar. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. In Orchid. And, and, uh, I remember when I first tried kombucha, it was like from the store, like store-bought and I was like, Oh, this stuff is kind of weird. Um, and I started kind of liking it, but, um, my, uh, brother's friend's mother and father actually own that local kombucha bar and I love it. And it's, I mean, kombucha is just feel filled with just like probiotics and nutrients and, and stuff. And I, um, every time I go, um, I just feel so good after I drink it. So if, yeah. if something I, I can say, I would say, you know, get a glass of kombucha in a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. And it makes me feel good. So that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. That's that's a great tip for sure. Um, oh, and the one other thing I wanted to ask you before I let you go and get back to your day. Um, I saw on your Facebook page, I guess that you had a uh, like a fundraiser set up um, for you to get a stem cell procedure out in Minnesota, maybe, is that still like an ongoing thing? Are you still working on that? No. So actually I got the stem cell procedure back in February. Oh, you did. Okay. Awesome. Talk about that. Yeah. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. So I went back in, I want to say the very beginning of February. Um, um, anyway, I was referred to that place, which I will hopefully remember <laughs> shortly, um, by my um, other friend. Uh, she's a quadriplegic, and she went and got stem cells done. And um, it's oh, it's called Rejuve Medical, R E J U V Medical, um, in Minnesota. And um, I was referred uh, to her, and because she had, so when she got her stem cells done, um, her like after a couple of months, her blood pressure really improved. And um, she's a a high quad like us. I think she's a C3, C4. And um, 
she doesn't even have to wear a binder anymore. And when she gets in her standing frame, her blood pressure is fine. Like it doesn't drop really. And so I thought that was absolutely amazing. Like that's one of the, um, one of the biggest reasons why I was like, you know what, like I need to fundraise and I need to get myself out there because that just like, you know, made me super hopeful because, uh, being a quad, like we, suffer so much from low blood pressure one and some also from high blood pressure because of ad but um yeah i i take metadrin every day because of my low blood pressure um is that that, is that just like a a medication to boost your uh, blood pressure (laughs) up higher yeah okay yeah i take a, a 10 milligrams a day um still um and i have like of course i have the abdominal binder and my compression socks still on Right. Uh, yeah but anyway I was referred to to rejuve medical by her and then this other gal that I talked to on Facebook I um I noticed that she went and got them done as well I think she's a para um and she was just telling me about her experience there and she's like yeah it's she's like after I got it done you know she's like she, I gained back some some more sensation um and stuff like that and so that even made me more hopeful to get it done. And I was like, you know what, I really want to get this done um, as early as I can. Cause you, you know how we always hear like get things done early on in your injury because of mm-hmm. like after two years, you know, it's like not game over, but I don't know. So like all that was going through my head and I was like, oh, I just want to get this done as soon as I can. Um, and so, yeah, I went out there and um, basically they, um, they extract the stem cells out of your um, bone marrow in your hips and they mix it with your um, uh, plasma in your blood. They mix that together and he injected it, I want to say six to eight times into um, my like cervical neck area. Um, and so it was like a um, like an outpatient thing. Like I was in and out like that the day that I got that done because I had two separate appointments. The first appointment um, was basically, you know, just to visit with me and, um, and just go over everything. Um, And then the second appointment was the big appointment. So my second appointment, I got, um, they took my blood, I think they took like, six of those like little, like vials, um, six to eight of those. And then um, a couple hours later, he went in and I had to lay on my stomach. And that's when he went in from like the back and he um, extracted the stem cells from my bone marrow, um, which took a little bit of time. And then he mixed the plasma in my blood and and the stem cells together um, and then re-injected it into my neck. Um, And overall, it was it wasn't that bad of like a process. It was, you know, it was quick and it, it did hurt a little bit in my neck. He does go in with lidocaine first um, to kind of like numb that area because yeah. it does stick in the needle pretty far. He doesn't put the needle into the spinal cord. Okay. So he doesn't put it directly into the spinal cord. Um, he just like, he puts it pretty deep and he puts it just around that area. Um, okay. And so it was, I mean, it was, pretty painful at first but after like the lidocaine kicked in um it wasn't bad at all it just like afterwards I just had like a stiff neck and was like pretty sore like I didn't really I really couldn't like move my neck around too much but after a couple of days 
I was back to normal. Um, and so far, I've gained back a little bit of sensation in my abdominal area. So nothing like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Like, you know, nothing like life-changing or anything like that. But I, I did notice that I have more sensation in my abdominal area. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. How long, um, your friend that had it done that referred you to do it, how long after she got the procedure done um, did she start, excuse me, having you know, feeling, getting the, the, with her, uh, not having to wear like the binder around her stomach to keep her blood pressure up and things like that. Do you know? Yeah. So I want to say it was at least, um, three, like three to six months at least. Okay. So it kind of it took a little while. It wasn't, it wasn't something that like happened right away or anything like that. And you're but, only, you see, so you're only a couple months removed from getting it. Or, yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. I, yeah, we'll definitely catch up about that too. Then I want to, I definitely want to hear if, if you get more, uh, more, you know, regain more movement or feeling that that's so cool. I'm, uh, I'm glad you, glad you did. One of, the, one of the things that also um, drew me to Rejuve Medical was that, that, um, you know, they use your own stem cells. Like they don't take it, you know, from a fetus or from wherever, you know, they use your own stem cells. And I thought that was like pretty awesome. Um, and then it's in the United States. You don't have to go to Taiwan or I don't know, you know, out of the country right. somewhere to get it done, which is kind of scary and sketchy, you know, but um, I thought that was pretty cool that somewhere in the U.S. Per, like had that going on. Um, and it was the first time that I personally heard something in the U.S. with, with stem cells. And so yes. I was really like pumped to go to go out there and get that done. That's very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, you had that experience. And I can't wait to hear more about it. Um, you know, next time we, we talk and hear, hear if you had any more uh, positive results, because that's, yeah, that's so cool that, that you were able to do both of these different, uh, different procedures. But yeah, Chelsea, thank you so much for, for joining me and taking some time out of your weekend. Uh, I really appreciate it. And hearing about, you know, the nerve transfer surgery and then also the stem cell procedure. It's, it's so cool to, to get to talk to somebody that can kind of give a testimonial of, of how, how they feel afterwards, like what the process was like for other people in our situation. So, you know, thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, for coming on and, and talking about that. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Really meeting you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's great to meet you too. So yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll definitely catch up. Um, I'll be in touch and, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk down the road a bit and, and find out you know, how these, how these things are uh, working for you. Yeah, I would love to do that. Okay. Thanks so much, Chelsea. All right. You have a good weekend or a good you Sunday. Too. Yeah. Hi. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, uh, that was Chelsea Furick. Thank you again to her for, for taking some time out um, and, and being willing to, to talk about all of uh, her experiences, both with, uh, you know, with the, the nerve transplant and, the, and also the stem cell treatment, which is uh, very interesting to me personally. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a good one for sure. I, I definitely uh, had a good time speaking with Chelsea. Was she having any... Um progress from some of these treatments so um she said a little bit with the stem cell thing uh treatment but that it you know it takes it about takes four while. to six months yeah. before you start seeing results just like with the nerve 
transfer surgery. Um, I think it was four months, and she just had had it like a week and a half before I spoke yeah. to her. No, it takes a so while. It takes a while. So she said, I basically like between four months and two years is when you can expect to see some gains. Um, so I'm I'm excited to. We're gonna check back in with her. Absolutely. Um, as time goes on. That's here. cool. Yeah. So it was it was very very cool. Um, so Brandon, I know we went up to. Uh, Federal Way, Washington, on Monday, and we're—I had a doctor's appointment. I went in the doctor's appointment. You went and got a salad. Yeah. And when we were leaving, yeah, I—you looked at it and you're like, "Oh, I ordered a wrap." That's right. But I got a salad. And uh-huh. You're like, "But that's probably better for me anyway." Okay, I'm gonna eat that. And you said that you weren't eating nightshade vegetables. Is that what it was? Yeah. And I was like, why? I what? I didn't even know what that meant, or uh, or why you were doing that. And then you you told me a little story about your chiropractor uh-huh. that I would like you to uh, go ahead and repeat on the podcast. Oh, geez, uh, no, Jay, I don't really feel comfortable with HIPAA laws, man. What? I, I I don't know. Look, we're we we. You told me. You, look, you, we do, we dive into some alternative yeah, stuff I in wanna, this. Yeah, I want to talk about it, man. I think this is uh, interesting. And so, okay, so somebody referred me to... You don't have to say his name. No, somebody anything. referred me to this doctor, chiropractor, kinesiologist in a very rural little town close to where we live, about 30 minutes away. I didn't really know what to expect, but... Um, you know, I have been still dealing with some back issues and like little stuff in my legs. We've always talked about that on this podcast. So I was like, oh, maybe I can just get a different perspective. I've, you know, I've done acupuncture, I've done PRP, I've done ART, I've done yoga, lots of strength training, and I've gotten a lot better, but just wanted to get a different perspective on because nobody really knows like why those things hurt. They have a different bunch of different theories. Uh, I guess, you know, I went to this place and the doctor's like, oh, do you, uh, do you know what I do? And I was like, oh, not, not a really. He's like, well, I kind of look at everything from a holistic approach. So he basically said that, you know, my, he, he used the analogy of my body being a computer a lot of times and that he needed to access my body at like a computer. Um, and so then he would read the frequencies and he himself says that he has the ability to do this, read the frequencies. So he wasn't using like any kind of tools or technology to read. He was just like, that's right. Was he touching you? Yes. When he was, he was like more like tapping me in like kind of by my head and my neck. Um, and so he, you know, had to center himself and channel the frequencies of my body um and then you know he used (laughs) he made he made my legs like so i'm like laying on the table he's like open your legs close your legs like spread close and that was how you like access my body like reset open turn on um look man i don't know he found out that you know i have like an overactive pituitary like and it's taking away from my my thyroid and like some other like this is what he says and my adrenaline's just like going 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 and i'm pretty tired 
Um, <clears throat> Are you pretty tired? Yeah, I'm t- I mean, or, yeah, I'm tired. I mean, I'm not like, it's not that bad. But, you know, he's like, those things, once they wear out, you're going to be exhausted, you know. Um, and also he's saying, like, your abs just don't work. Like, they don't work. Your glutes, they don't work. They just don't work. Like, something's going on. Your body is telling you, why don't these things work? Well, he said that I had maybe some trauma early in my life. Um, so I guess maybe he looks at it from like also an emotional mm. aspect. Look, man, I don't really it's, know. It's interesting, man. I mean, it's, and he it's also weird, said but... that my body told him that I was allergic to nightshades and that I was getting inflammation from that. Do you? So you haven't been eating nightshade vegetables now for what? A couple uh, weeks. It's or? been like maybe t- ten days. And what are nightshade vegetables? Those again? are you know things that that work that grow in the dark so like peppers potatoes um it's like any like carrots like anything that grows that's right the ground yeah okay and well, peppers grow above the ground well i don't know exactly like what why they're nightshades but okay. peppers are he gave you like a list of things not to eat yeah and then he gave me some pumpkin seed oil he said take this every day and okay. so um and how are you feeling I mean, I don't really feel any different right now, but yeah, that's um, interesting. When do you go back? I want to know. Uh, I go. I'm going back on Wednesday, so he's like, you know, I could probably have you like good to go in like maybe six visits. Wow, six seven visits. If like we need to clear like the emotional trauma too. Okay. Whatever it is that's like. And what? And how does he clear? You don't know that yet. How I don't know, man. Emotional trauma. Maybe he just got to dig it out. I mean. I, I'm, yeah. Be careful with opening and closing the legs and all that. I know that sounds good. no, like you know, like I don't. I got my pants on, man. But yeah, that's good. That's it's just good. like spreading your legs and like I, put this gown on, and then I need you to open. Look, man. It would be most people would call it like crazy. I get yeah. it, but I don't. I'm not gonna. I think it's awesome that you uh, that you're willing to to be open to that. That's cool, man. I'm. I'm with it. I, I, lo- I love all. I wish I medicine. could explain it a little better, but I don't really know how to explain it because it's it's a. I mean, yeah. Essentially, he's talking to. I don't know. He opened you up, dude. It's, my body. Just, my body. Dude. My my brain is speaking to him subconsciously. Yeah, I, I mean, my body, my my organs. We're all energy, man. So right. I mean, he did use some like um, stones. Okay. For frequency purposes. So he he kind of he he explained it kind of in the same way that acupuncture works, but um, you know, the body runs in meridians. Right. So everything's connected in some way. I got it. I, well, I don't know, man. I'll let you know how it goes, dude. Yeah, I'm anxious. So we'll it's hear, weird. we'll hear next time. We'll we'll get the update at uh, the next episode. But yeah, um, you know, thank you all for listening. Uh, again, if you could rate, review, like, share the podcast, we would appreciate it so much. And uh, like I said, give us any feedback. Live to walk again on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram. Live to walk the number one on Twitter, and uh, send us any emails at live to walk again at gmail.com. And we will talk to you all next time. Thank you so much. <laughs>